0: Welcome back. This is Hillary Crowley. You have found the Good Energy Healing Show, and I'm grateful to welcome you here as I explore the topic of writing today. Um, There's a great expression that was given to me by one of my writing instructors, which was if you don't know where to start, start in the middle. I feel like that works with everything, certainly with podcasts, with this podcast, with this episode. I think it helps with house cleaning. I think it helps with schoolwork. I think it helps with difficult conversations. What does it mean to start in the middle? I think it means like mm, you don't have to put too much pressure on yourself to have some kind of precious, beautiful beginning, and you don't have to have some magnificent closure or an idea even how things are going to end. And speaking of writing, you know, you just want to start. Where you're at, you know, and then and then let it let it find its way. So starting in the middle, think about that as we begin this podcast, as we begin a new year. Uh, think about eh, I don't want to get into the beginnings and the endings and the heavy philosophies on everything. I just want to start in the middle. I just thought that was great, um, great language from a writing instructor. And speaking of that, I want to start in the middle and. The middle of me right now um, is just missing my writing group. So the middle of where I'm starting with, I just want to talk about my feelings. Just going to tell you right now, I I'm miss my writing group. I joined a writing group in Gloucester, Massachusetts, um, when I was down in that general Cape Ann area a little bit more often. And then when my work and life changed and I was more up north, in the New Hampshire area, I continued to keep the pilgrimage down. Every Wednesday morning, I would go down to um, the Gloucester Writing Center. The Gloucester Writing Center is this beautiful center where people come together to celebrate and practice writing. Um, You can't make this up, but the name of the little nook that it's on right next to where all the lobster pots are, I mean, it's Gloucester at its finest, is called Cripple Cri- Cripple Cove. Say that 10 times fast. Cripple Cove. And I, I don't know why it's called Cripple Cove. I'd like to research that a little bit more. I'm sure there's some amazing Gloucester ocean marine folklore around the naming of that cove. But I will tell you that The day I found um, the Gloucester Writing Center, I felt like I was stumbling in there. I—it's Actually, it's a decent story, Um, a little bit funny. Um, I was um, at another library, let's just say more inland, (laughs) not too far inland, but I was a little bit more inland before I had to go to Cripple Cove to the Gloucester Writing Center, and I had myself all set up. Because I had a beautiful day with no clients. I had between, I believe, 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. to write. And anyone who has ever found writing to be part of their practice, the idea of having a set of time where you can sit down and just fall into the writing when you're not in a writer's block, which I wasn't, I had, I had a very strong idea of what I wanted to write about. And I was excited to have that time. So from nine to two, I had that time. So I walked into this local library at about, I'd say like 9.05 and I set up and I was all set with um, my writing material, my notebook. I had a phone charged up. I had, I believe a tablet charged up and a um, separate keyboard to write on. So found a lovely soft chair in the corner next to a window and I sat down and I began to write and I didn't quite know where to start. Um, you know, sometimes having more than enough time can uh, have a re- reverse effect on you because I didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel pressured. I didn't even feel procrastinated. The deadlines were my own. And so I decided to just really drop into a Quiet state and see what comes up in my mind if I just relax into the transition of setting up for a day of writing. Well, from the outside, that looked like a person with a winter coat on, shrugged down, papers everywhere. Um, and I guess, you know, I had some technology set up, right, and buzzing and going, but that did not keep the librarian from walking over to me, tapping me on the shoulder. And to be fair to her, my eyes were closed. And so I was startled. And I looked up at the librarian and she said, you cannot sleep in the library. To which point I jumped to life and I said, I'm not sleeping. I'm a writer. I'm just settling in to do some writing here. I'm so grateful I'm a member of this library. Thank you so much Um, Sorry for the misunderstanding. And true to the true archetype of like the classic, I shouldn't say archetype, I should say the stereotypical librarian, the stereotypically firm librarian, what I got to hear was you um, are not allowed to loiter here and you need to get your stuff and you need to pack it up because there's no sleeping in the library. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Just a little miscommunication. So I explained one more time. Oh, I'm not sleeping. I'm not loitering. I'm just settling in. I'm going to do some writing. She said, you look like you're sleeping. I said, but what about all of this? And she, again, did not see the technology set up and the computer set up. In fact, for all she saw that it might have been hostile because she didn't see me snuggling up with a book to read, which believe me, I would have loved to have done that too. But um. I decided that on the third go round, it was starting to like seem like more hostile. And now I didn't have the warm and fuzzy feeling of a good day of writing. So, within I'd say like 20 minutes of walking in there and setting myself up, I was packed up, head down, and I walked my way out of this lovely little library and sat in my car and said, What do I do now? And, um, like any good library, their Wi-Fi signal kind of hits, uh, all the way out onto the street. So I was able to sit in my car and searched for, I think I wrote something in, I don't know if any of you ever do this, but onto a search, I wrote in where to go when you get kicked out of the library, but you ne- really need to write. <laughs> it was something like just sort of venting to the search engine itself. And turns out, It said, you know, I think it was like 12 or 14 miles away. They said Gloucester Writing Center welcomes writers. And I thought, well, I have nothing better to do because I'm certainly not going to get my 9 to 2 writing in. So I followed the map and headed out there. And lo and behold, it was open. And there was one woman sitting there. And she was very warm and welcoming. It was not at all like a library setting. It was very intimate. And she said, you can sit here and write if you want. And I thought, well, I, I want to, but I'm not sure. I feel like this isn't the plan. And she said, well, you're welcome to sit here and write. I'm here for another 20 minutes. So there again, my, I'm like, I need more than 20 minutes here. And, and she said, and then you're going to have to leave because we're going to lock up. But come back on Wednesdays. I think you'd be a really good candidate for this women's writing group on Wednesday mornings. And my heart just lit up and I had no idea what I was saying yes to, but I couldn't have said yes fast enough. And ever since then, I started going to the women's writing group on Wednesday mornings. And just recently, we decided to wrap up this tradition, nothing to do with health or pandemic going on in in, uh, 2020. It had to do with our fearless leader moving on to get um, more education to um, expand her career into, I believe, psychotherapy, which is more than appropriate because I certainly came down to sit in the circle with her and write with her under her instruction. Um, never, She never called herself a teacher, but she was she is one of the best teachers I've ever had. Wonderful. Not just for writing, but for life. And you just sit in her presence and we would um, write and we would talk and we would therapize and we would process. Once in a while, we didn't get to writing, but that's really once in a while because we always love to write. Oh, and share. We would share our reading and give feedback. It's everything you would expect a writing group to be. It went for two hours very consistently. On Wednesday mornings I couldn't always get there but on the days I couldn't get there I was very aware of where I should be or could be and I made sure I didn't make it a habit of uh, letting that tradition go and so I hung on to it for as long as possible and I think it went on for mm, counting on my head which never works that well for a recording (laughs) no let me just see here um um uh, I'm going to say over five years, six years, I'd say six years, it became a six-year tradition for me once a week. I loved it and I miss it and I bless it because sometimes you have to release traditions from your life and take all the goodness from it. And that's pretty much what um, I'm dedicating this episode to, which is the beautiful good medicine of writing. And how grateful I am for the women that I wrote with. And then there was a men's group right after it. Um, I'm sure in the future we won't be separating ourselves out by gender. But, you know, five years ago that still seemed appropriate. But um, it was lovely. And I will miss it dearly. And I learned more than I can even articulate, ironically. So one of the things that we would do in the class is that we would have these warm-ups. And the warm-ups, no one called them a Um, warm-up. I think I might just be naming it a warm-up right now. But we would come in and we would just dump and download and share and talk about what's on our mind. And and Amanda, which is the name of our leader, um, our fearless leader, uh, she would just let us go and talk. Oftentimes she'd be knitting something like fabulous. Uh, many of them, including Amanda, were amazing musicians, like professional musicians, talking about their experiences, playing the music, sharing, caring. Oftentimes we would oftentimes we talk about current events, what we agreed on, what we disagreed on, but it was more mostly support. So supporting us in our grappling, in our long walk towards the, the notebook, you know, to get our pen to the paper. And oftentimes um, we would segue into this beautiful question that you would ask a writer that says, do you have any writing to share today? And maybe somebody would share, maybe all of us would share, two hours would sort of fly by. But without letting those two hours escape us, we almost always did one writing exercise. And the writing exercise would come up spontaneously based on what was in the ethers, what was in the flow, what was it that we were talking about, what was it that one person needed to share, but then another person said, me too, I need to share that too. And so for today, I want to just use an example. So, I noticed this morning that the birds are chirping. It's a little bit warmer today. Um, my sister-in-law just wrote to me and asked if I'd known something in a photograph, noticed something in a photograph that she had sent to me, and it was a it seemed to be a little um cut out patch of a bird. And so I'm seeing like birds are a little bit of a theme for me this morning. And so Amanda would say to the group, she would say, Write five things about wings. Wings. Write five things about wings. And the point of view could be your own point of view. It could be fictional, non-fictional, memoir. Um, it could be um, just lyrical. Uh, it could be a phrase. Um, and you, But you'd keep it short and sweet and you would write five separate um, ideas about wings. Like Almost like you use wings as your spark you're writing spark. And I, 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 I welcome you to do that. Um, when you think about wings, you can think about like the wings that are, um, that patches on a military uniforms. Um, Girl Scouts also earn their wings. Um, bird wings, um, insects have wings. Um, the metaphor of wings, angel wings, feathers. You could, you don't have to say the word. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a game where you had to use the word. You just needed to allow yourself to allow that to be the, the spark. And then, you know, it might remind you of a story. That's the way I think I'd off, often go into, oh, that reminds me of a story about uh, Broken Wing or um, one, one, okay, as I'm thinking about this right now, it's a funny story um, and it involves writing and involves musical lyrics. And I'm not even sure I'm going to get it right because Fleetwood Mac has a song that is called one-winged dove, or wild-winged dove, or white-winged dove. Um, I've been in um, communication with my—I've um, been in communication with my many friends, and we disagree. And then you can look it up. And then I have to remember that I think it was white. It is actually white-winged dove. Okay. 99% of you out there are saying, Yeah, I knew that when you started talking, Hillary. It's a white winged dove. But for my whole entire life, I want you to listen to that song by Fleetwood Mac, which is just like a one winged dove. Ah, oh, like that to me is a really interesting story. A dove with one wing, a dove that can't fly, a dove that's injured, that's wounded sings a song, sounds like she's singing. ooh baby, ooh. you know like it was just about, I think I've read the backstory of it. It was just about a um, it was just about a, a bird outside the window and and that's where the lyrics came from. But for me, it was like a metaphor for being broken and peace and dove representing You can see where I'm going with this. I would have definitely put that into one of my five points, which is I still, you know, I might have even just said a quick line, which is I'll always believe it's a a, um, one-winged dove. One-winged dove. So you see the playfulness in the writing, in the words. I looked up like I, you're not going to be surprised. I looked up. The etymology of the word right, and it means to scratch or to tear. Isn't that cool? So, it, we originally we you know scratch your scratch your thoughts or scratch your records into the rock. You know to scratch. And then I saw this lovely um, uh, in one of the etymology definitions that shows the history of the word. I saw this lovely um, quote that said. Uh, write down your hardships in marble, and you know t- uh, scratch your hardships in and, in and, and, um and marble, and, and 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 scratch your your good moments in dust. I was like, wow, that's like the amygdala. Like, if it's a hardship, it goes into the, like remember it, remember it, and it and if it's easy, then it's like dust. It like just it just floats through you. Think about that. I want, I want you to think about that. So I was researching etymology before the Good Energy Healing Show of the word write because I want to talk about the power of writing and writing is good medicine. And I stumbled over this little piece of wisdom just as I was prepping. And the piece of wisdom said, the ancient saying was, if you're faced with turbulent times, hardship, write that down, scratch that into the marble. If you're faced with good times, light times, joyful times, you can write that into the dust. Oh, I mean, can I just let us all sit with that? And the power of the dust, too, is that the dust doesn't disappear, it dissipates, but it just goes out into your life. Like it just it it, it just it just scatters throughout your life. And the power of the marble is that is—it is, it sits there and it can't—it can't dissipate into your life, but it can be—it can be put there as a reminder. And maybe we should remember that as we're healing from our lessons, um, the good medicine of scratching the hardships into the marble, and and then you can put the marble to the side, you know. And or if the, your marble is a notebook, you can close that notebook. Um, maybe it was healing. Maybe it was writing of history. I mean, you see how we do history, daily history, current events—is that we're scratching the tough stuff out there into the media so that it stays. And those little pieces of uh, uh, of of wonder, of grace, of good news don't always make it there. But I think we all collectively know that maybe they don't need to, because that they 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 we 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 circulate it into our bodies and into our energy fields. Okay. Also, I always have like a little bit of hesitation, even with my writing group, coming out as an energy healer. And I've always felt like I don't want to be advertising what I do, and I don't mind standing up to criticism. I don't even think criticism is relevant in this case. I just think it's incredibly personal to me. And it's incredibly personal to everybody. I I think like it it just could be the way I construct this in my mind, but I don't think people say, please don't talk about energy medicine because um, it's totally fraudulent and it's totally silly. If anyone was going to say that to me, it would be people I work with who work on the human body and they help heal people in their most difficult moments of life or death in contrast um everybody i know um that i've met has at least enough respect to our our existence to say sure if the word is energy it's energy but there's something in terms of life force that's 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 around us and it seems to influence how how we feel how we go through life i mean we could break it down. I mean, our emotions, energy, or energy's emotions. I don't know. But as I get ready to talk more and more about this, um, I stumbled over this movie that just came out by, you know, the master of mainstream media, Disney itself, and the movie is um, called Soul. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's Disney. It's gonna be out forever. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this episode. It's it's there. And it like has a character that represents um the universal um consciousness. And the scenes take place in real time, but also in like what they call the afterlife, but the before life. I mean the bodies change shapes, and we just see the essence of somebody in the form of like a little glowing ball with eyes, nose, and ears. But like a little glowing ball, and that essence is called um, the soul. And so, I mean, like, you just, just soul journey and uh, Disney, everybody. So, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm gonna say like energy matters, it's becoming part of mainstream communication. And I love all of it. It's, it's all beautiful. Oh, which is what I was saying is that I think that a lot of people don't want to talk about energy because it's private to them. And if you talk about something that's private, it is possible to actually um, diminish the power of it by talking about it. I mean, I know, Um, I know in therapy, it's important to talk about things and not push things down. But I also think that there's intimacy, something called intimacy in a relationship you have with yourself. And you can diminish things by talking them out. Um, I see actually in a microscopic way in writing classes themselves, like somebody will write a beautiful poem or a beautiful passage and will sit there and listen to it, me included. I can write something and I can read it. And as soon as I'm done reading, I start commenting. I start commenting, becoming a commentator to what I already just processed in the writing. And it just diminishes it. And sometimes um, I've caught myself saying, I'm not going to talk after I write. Like, I wrote what I wrote, and I'd love to get feedback, but I'm not going to diminish it or qualify it. And that's about writing. How about every experience that we have? And that fine line between something that's reportable and something that is intimate um, is, I, I believe, holds the energy of of moments we have in this, in this beautiful life. So many beautiful moments and so many small moments. And that's why I love the writing exercise of just take five small moments on the word wing. Do that. Flight, bird, whatever you want to say. But I would say wing. And just do it right now. Scribble it down. Amanda would give us, I don't know, five minutes. um, And then we would go around and we would share it. So we would all share our first one and then we'd all share our second one. And this writing group could consist of anywhere between three and 11 or 12 people. And it was a lot of fun. And I will miss it. I'll miss those beautiful windmills as you come into um, the end of Route 128 as you come into Gloucester and uh, Rockport, that area, um, big windmills that are just shining over, smiling over the whole um, area. But I'll go back, and uh, the Gloucester Writing Center is very much there. It's just the it's just that particular Wednesday writing group. Um, I do believe we owe each other a party, so that will happen. Um, but I I I love writing and I find it extremely healing. Um, One time we were given the task of writing down um, a list Um, and the list was list off things that um, make your life feel fulfilled. What is a good day? It's a good day list. That's what it was. Uh, Write down um, and and I encourage all of you to do this. Write down a list of what happens on a good day for you and I remember writing down on my list, a good day is when I get a little bit of exercise. I get to see my clients, so I get to do my energy work. Um, I get to have quality time as a parent, so I feel like I'm having impact. I mean, this is rare that it all happens on the same day, but I'm listing it off because I I was invited to, Um, that I can feel impactful and loving as a parent. And... Um, let me see what else. Oh, I have a, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I do have a siren going on in the background. Um, um, and just going to let that siren fly by. I write here too. So, you know, I don't write in a vacuum. I don't, I don't podcast in a vacuum. I wonder, so if that was to happen in the writing group, and we were all distracted, Amanda would say, you know, let's just take a moment. And I think this is a good place to start. Let's all write five things about sirens. Cause you know, that could bring up emotions. It could bring up a nice spark for a fictional, you know, idea, um, a memory. Um, so that little interruption I just got that I don't know if it even made it to, um, the recording, I kind of hope I did. I'm using reverse psychology. I'm like, i kind of hope it did interrupt me um, in this recording as much as it interrupted me as a person here. And we would say, okay, let's just, let's like that, that, that siren became part of our story. Let's, let's write about it. So five things about siren. So if you're taking in this um, episode and you have a pen and paper around you or any writing utensil, um, I strongly recommend that you just do this, like what would be five things I'd say about a siren? What would be five things I'd say about wings? Um, but i but I wanted to say that um a good day for me was moving a little bit, doing some energy work, getting a chance to read. Oh, I really love reading, um and getting a chance to write. I always love getting a chance to write and then having quality time with family and friends. That's a good day for me. What's a good day for you? And writing for me is a way of expressing myself, but some of us might say singing, uh, creating, dancing. Um, writing is very much part of the heart because it's connected um, to the either above the heart, which is the voice, or um, the hands, or even more above the heart, the third eye, the 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 part of us that just. I think that in the future, I'm not sure, but I think that in the future there's going to be a way of being able to kind of text ideas through thought patterns. I think I think it will be measurable at some point. Um, I don't know, but I think it'd be wonderful, especially for people who don't have the use of their hands or their voice. Um, but writing really goes back to scratching down. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Scratching, scratching what we want to scratch into the marble and, 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 um, tracing what we want to trace into scratching and tracing, tracing the words that we want to trace into the dust and keeping a record of our ideas, our thoughts, our our lessons. And there's really good medicine in that. They talk about um, being impeccable with your words. They being one man, Don Miguel Ruiz, who is a Mexican author of the well-known book um, in the in the field of energy medicine called um, "The Four Agreements." And the hardest agreement for me was when it was first introduced to me was be impeccable with your words. Like, what what kind of living advice is that? One was be honest. One was never take anything personally. The other is always do your best. I mean, sure, those are words to live by. And then he had this very specific line, which is, you know, be impeccable with your words. And I realized recently in hindsight that I talk about loving words. I'm like, oh, I think there's a connection to energy, healing, and words because words are how we communicate, and I think it's how we communicate even subconsciously. For any of you who are writers out there, how many of you have read what you've written? You, as, as a writer, I mean journaling. You can even look back at the things you wrote in um, elementary school, and you look back and say, wait a minute, I um, don't remember writing that, but that was me. I said that. Oh, that's great. You know, so you, you've kept a record. Um, you've kept a record and you were impeccable at the time with your words. Um, So say what you mean and mean what you say is what I believed impeccable of your words meant Um, be impeccable with your words meant at the very beginning of being introduced to the four agreements. But now I think that there could be something like a deep subconscious awareness of how, our words have power. Um, they're powerful in our self-talk. Uh, how our thought habits that I haven't talked about in a while, but like, be impeccable with our words. Are are you happy or are you joyful? Um, I was thinking about the word joyful. Oh, because I was writing the word fun. You know, fun. There's a lot of value in fun, um, but. I wanted to make sure that I included the idea of sacred. And so I was like, sacred fun. Like, ah, it feels a little wordy. So I decided to just say, it's going to be joyful. And I was like, oh, joyful feels like sacred fun to me. So fun, but the fun that moves the heart, you know, that that um, that uh, opens the heart and heals us. I mean, maybe that's my idea of sacred Fun at this moment, so those are two words kind of mixing together, and and I come out with the word joyful, and I think I might have even added the word authentic joyfulness. So, so there I'm trying to be impeccable with my words, and I and I'm enjoying it. But you can see like amazing um, choices that lyricists make when they're writing songs. Um, I always like to get back to music because we don't know what power words are going to have. But when you set them to music as well, talk about being impeccable. You ever watch somebody put lyrics together and they also have to put it into, you know, what it takes to make a song. Um, Talk about being impeccable. The word impeccable. What is that? I haven't looked that one up recently. Um, You know, he chose the word impeccable about being impeccable with your words. And it sounded rigid, it sounds rigid to me like wow like uh-oh I don't want to make a mistake I need to be impeccable. Um but I think you know do your best don't take anything personally um be impeccable with your words. Yeah. Those are those are three nice ones. I've forgotten what the fourth one is already. Thank goodness we're recording this all. Um Whenever there is a fourth to something, I I always forget it. I think that's funny. Um, I guess if there were three things, I'd get two out of three. Um, and um, with the four agreements, um, it's a trick. There's actually another book out called the F- Fifth Agreement, and um, maybe for my next episode, I will talk about that. Um, but I just, I just, I love the idea of writing to heal. Um, and as I, as I think about it, um, I am soon to have, my book is coming out called the power of energy medicine and I'm soon to be, um, well, I've already done it because editing is incredible. I have to tell you, it's a whole nother process where you think, you know, what you wrote and then you go back and you edit and you say, I wrote that, or I made that mistake or, Ooh, I like that little bit I put in there. But as time goes on, cause editing can be time consuming and in the case of publishing a book for, you know, um, that has to be scrutinized by a publishing house, um, and you want it to be as impeccable as possible, um, frankly, years can go by, and I can read a passage twelve or fifteen times in the course of a year, but I change, and I have different parts of this book that I'm reading, and I'm, re- I'm realizing, like, wow. Now I'm understanding how this fits with this. So I'm kind of like writing a love note to myself for the future to be impeccable, to be impeccable with, with, with my words so that I trust like the integrity of, um, I just trust the integrity of what I'm, um, of what I'm putting out there because, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just throwing it out into the wind. I'm writing it in the dust, you know, um, although I guess this is a marble, the ultimate marble, but um, books are funny, they just it's different than media, isn't it? You know, media needs to scratch something in there to say, "Oh, this is the story, this is the sound bite, but books say, just hang in there, I have this idea, but then I wanna play with this idea, and we're gonna we're gonna keep meandering through the story. And then my book can speak to somebody else's book. And then that book can echo back to me and that will influence me on the next book that I write. And, um, you know, and, and the thing about the four agreements is that I remembered what the fourth one is. It's don't make assumptions. So be impeccable with your words. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions it's another big word, assumptions, and always do your best. I think those are great, great um, guidelines just for you as a writer. And we're all writers. We're all finding our way to express ourselves so beautifully. And I believe the part of us that writes is at a higher level um, I don't mean that in a judgmental way, but it's like a, a purer, a purer level than the part of us that's always doing the thinking and the figuring and the sorting. So sure, like put your put your tur- turmoil out there, um, but allow it to become beautiful writing. And maybe what I want you to do, just like you saw me grab the siren out of the sound waves and the wings out of my memory of um, my recent memory of birds coming into my life. Find five things you want to write about every day, and just let that be an exercise in itself. Like it could be apple core or messiness, or any word you want, and and find yourself um, maybe even writing, not scratching it down, just writing it in the dust of your mind as you're walking or working or doing the dishes, and watch how when you invite yourself to play safely in a circle of your own heart, of, of, of your own, of your own body, um, watch and see how the creativity gets to talk to the heart, to the mind, to the, the intuition that we have. And lo and behold, maybe even talk to like, you know, a spiritual essence around us, Um, I say less apologetically because Disney just made a blockbuster movie about it. (laughs) Not the first movie to be made, certainly not the last, but right now it's just really on point to say the least. when I was putting my book together, I just did it one chapter at a time. So every chapter, Amanda had said to me, she said, I think you're writing a book about short stories. I said, it's not short stories. It's not a short story book. She goes, no, but you, you find short stories. She's like, I think that's your strength. And when you have a teacher that you respect and the teacher takes a moment and says, I've been watching you for years and this is what I want your strength at you know, what I, what I want you to work on with your strength. I think this is your strength to cultivate. Um, Listen to that and take that Um, because she liked how I always started in the middle, but I did always find a beginning and I found a way to wrap it up at the end. So when, when my book does come out, it's going to be one of those books that I would be willing to read myself because you can open it up in the middle And there's probably a little gem there. I can't wait. I I can't wait to actually hold it in my hand. Um, I don't know. I haven't received like an advanced reader copy yet. That's like a physical copy. I have a feeling I'm going to receive the physical copy on the same day everyone else receives a physical copy. I've seen the um, PDF file. But as you know, like a PDF file is different than physically holding a book in your hand. But I'm looking forward to that because I'm pretty sure that like it won't be hard to find the beginning of a little chapter. I have 33 chapters and like every chapter has like a pretty cool standalone short story. Amanda's right. Like it does kind of stand alone as a short story, but I also wove it all together very intentionally because I have a much greater story there, um, which is about what holds us together, um, which was the working title of the book. But the book is called the power of energy medicine because the publishing house um, really thinks that that's the most impactful title and gets to the widest audience. And so I was like, that sounds good to me. You know, if that's, if that's, if you're looking to find your way into the, you know, the, into the market of, of sharing the story of how energy heals us. um, You know, the subtitle for my working title was how energy is good medicine. So a little tribute to that today for, this good medicine of writing episode. I hope you all find time to get your your pencil to your paper and your pen to your paper. And I, I want to add one more thing about writing. Oftentimes, and those of you, um, lots of people ask me this question about what I do to ground myself after I do energy sessions, energy healing sessions, the energy work. Um, and I have to tell you, there have been a bunch of times I've been like, hmm, am I doing enough? Am I doing... Um am I doing enough to to ground and center myself? I always feel uplifted after a session. Anyone who's ever had a session with me, they I've not seen me say, "Wow, can't wait till that's over." In fact, um I tend to go long with my sessions cuz I don't want them to end or they don't need to end or I'm communicating with the energy body that's a lot like, you know, I you know, I talk a lot about dogs and just the energy of nature and the relationships of dogs and like you know until my my you know a dog gets really tired um they're not usually like let's get back let's go back if you're out on a beautiful walk together it's like let's go this way let's go this way let's go this way and that's very much the 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 um energy of um the healing work that I do that I, I'm talking to the energy bodies are like, this is awesome. I thank you for communicating and let's do this. Let's do this. I'm relaxed. I feel good. Do you have more in you? Do you have more in you? And then finally we get to the point where, you know, we kind of come back to the front door of life and say, okay, okay, I think, I think we're home now. I think we're home and we're we're done. But that doesn't necessarily leave me grounded. So I have a practice where um I'd say 90% of the time I leave the room and I go to a quiet little spot in the building where I work and I sit down and I take what is a little bit of a time warp because I tell everybody I'll be back in five minutes, but I'm not sure I'm gone for five minutes. It might be more like longer than five minutes. Um, but I, I never really remember how much time I need because I think of the, the, the being with the person. And then the wrap up is just like writing a few things down, right? Scribbling a few things down, but it's not, it's a very sacred time I take by myself and I write and I give those notes symbolically and quite practically back to the client. And again, so once in a while, I'll type the notes, and I'll be honest with you. If I type the notes, you're going to get a lot more content because I type differently than I handwrite. Not because it's faster or slower, but I think I'm actually accessing like a more like uh left brain methodical part of my brain the second I start typing you your notes. Um, but if I write your notes, you'll get my handwriting, and I believe in that handwriting. There's a lot of um, uh, grounding and healing in that as well. I notice my handwriting tends to be different uh, based on the state of mind I'm in. That has nothing to do with the energy healing work. It's just notice this in yourself. If you're if you're handwriting anything, you know if you're handwriting a card or signing off on a card or scribbling down a note to yourself, you'll notice that your handwriting changes. Um, don't let handwriting slip away from you. Um, practice your handwriting. It doesn't even need to be good. It's about carrying a thought down through your hands, I think it's very, very good for us to handwrite. Um, And the handwritten note is becoming more and more rare, although I expect it to have a comeback, maybe because of this episode alone. I'm only kidding, but really, I think it's gonna have a comeback because there's some real beauty in the handwriting. Oh, speaking of which, another publication that's come out right in the same year well, I think this actually came out in October of 2019, but it really captured some speed. Is the beautiful um, book that is filled with the author's handwriting? Let me get this right. I okay. I'm really trying not to do any research while we're talking, but I would say this book is called "The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse." I'm sure those are the four characters. I'm sure those names are all in the title. I'm pretty sure that's the order of it, and this beautiful bold author, Charles, out of the UK, it's completely like handwritten. They, they 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 it was it's all handwriting. There it's all handwriting. It's fabulous. So go ahead and um, handwrite what you need to handwrite. Um, Julia Cameron in the Artist's Way uh, recommends something called the um the um oh what's it called the morning pages and just get up and scribble 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 write it all down write it all down write it all down she also recommends that like don't look back just get it all out on to the page and that's wonderful that's like really good therapy the writer in me says maybe look back <laughs> This book came out like 30 years ago. So we're not doing as much handwriting. And she used to have this like bold um, exercise that she would ask you to not watch TV or listen to the radio for an entire week. So that was her way of unplugging. Could you imagine unplugging for an entire week Um, and just writing? Oh, and for her, it was about breaking the thought addiction of life itself. It was just about like getting down to the essence of who you are. She unapologetically tells her story of how she had um, addiction, I believe, to alcohol, and how creativity healed her addiction to alcohol. But I would say we're all addicted to the noise and the busyness, and our our minds cranking, 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 taking in, um, you know, impending. Issues and um, I thank you that you have technology because that's how you're listening to this episode right now. But wouldn't it be cool also to just to just unplug and and be part of your own creativity? Okay, folks, there is good medicine in writing. I welcome you back to whatever your form of writing is—scribbling in the dust scratching into the marble. My, my, my writing group, we, 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 I, we had authors that would write lyrics to folk music, authors that would write horror stories, memoirs. I wrote about energy healing, um, erotica. Um, we would write about, um, traumas and tragedies and horror and violence. And joy and graciousness, and we wrote obituaries, we wrote, um, we wrote lists, um, we wrote um, intentions, but we wrote together, and I miss it, and I love them all very much. And this is my ode to the writing group and to all of us in the future. Uh, may we always come together and form more writing groups, and if we can't, may we just remember that with our heart and our head and our creative center and our intuition and our spirit body itself the essence of who we are loves to write loves to loves to scribble in the dust that joyfulness so wishing you all a beautiful day find the beauty it's a sign of health and and enjoy all the good energy healing you can find as you go forward. And remember, there's good, en- good energy and good medicine in so many parts of our life. Keep track of it, pay attention. It's a good energy healing show. Thank you for joining. I'm Hillary Crowley. Um, please remember to subscribe, to like, and to share. Um, wishing you all the best in the good medicines you find out there. Thank you all so much and have a beautiful day.